to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I'm Mr. Bill Fisher. Joining this week, as always, the one, the only. All right, everybody. I am glad to be here. I, uh, I'm still a little exasperated from Saturday. It's literally. Like, that fourth quarter of your rivalry game is literally the most stressful hour of the entire year, and I'm just glad to have survived it. I'm hurt, I'm cut, I'm destroyed, but I, at least Wisconsin won, um, so I'm, I'm in a good mood from that. The axe is back where it belongs. Um, Randy, we have so much to talk about this week. How about we just start by recapping some games that happened last week? How does that sound? All right, that sounds great. I see you have on here Wisconsin takes down Minnesota. 28-14 to reclaim the axe. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even watch this I game. <laughs> well, the same time. It was on at the same time as the Alabama game. So I get that. Um, but we looked good. Were you happy? Were you, are you happy oh. with Luke Fickle? No. Uh, I'm happy right now. Um, this was easily our most complete game of the season in terms of offense and defense. I mean, we just we, we, we pretty much dominated, honestly. I know this is a low-scoring game. This score doesn't look like it. But we controlled pretty much the entire second half. So... I don't know. I, 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 I look at it like this way, Randy. We are better right now than we were a year ago without Luke Fickle. So it's hard to complain too much. And you're apparently better than Minnesota, who's on year six with P.J. Flex. Year six. So, I mean, that's, six. That's, that's something. To be fair, oh. moving on to Alabama survives Auburn 27-24. to Our first-year coach. Oh. Taking it to Nick Saban. Hmm. No, listen. I... <laughs> Us, me, and other Alabama fans have been saying all week, remember how I refused to gloat about the New Mexico State game? And I said, ask me next week. Oh, here we are. Are you going to gloat about it? Here we are. How about them Aggies? I, I, how about them Aggies beating <laughs> Auburn by more points than your uh, Crimson Tide? No, it's, it's the Iron Bowl. Literally, like, we, we tried to warn you. The scores didn't, like, the, the rosters don't matter. I mean, they do matter. But the records don't matter. There is just there's just something weird about Jordan Hare Stadium. Um, I don't think there's ever been like I'm I'm dead serious in the in the history of this game being home and home. I don't think there's ever been a boring game at Jordan Hare because it's only been a home and home for like 30 years. Really, every single game there is just a nail biter. It's a clincher like this one. It's just always like this. Auburn is one of those teams like, yeah, they're kind of struggling with the year one rebuild, right? Quite they still true. have a lot of talent on their roster, so like that's gonna make them dangerous you have to remember they did the exact same thing to us that they did to georgia we just kind of won in a little bit more of a miracle play fun fact that fourth and 31 conversion is the second longest ever fourth down conversion in college football history like nobody no you can't say nobody saw this coming and i approve i hate to quote gary danielson i hate to quote gary danielson but in the words of the great gary danielson you think you've seen it all until you haven't, I, I need to. I, I just found our DMs here. I was DMing you during this, during you know when this was all going down. And here's the exact quote that I sent you: um, Fourth and one. Well, this is when it was fourth and before. I said, "Season on the line. You know you've got this. How does it feel? Fourth and thirty, entire season on the line, knowing you got this." You said, "Genuinely, just shut up." To which I replied, a moment later, "I freaking told you, LMFAO." LOL, LOL, LOL. You said, how the F, Jimbo? How did you know? 
And I said you knew. You had to have known this was coming. They, I, it never feels like I know, and it never feels it. like it in the moment. I called it. But, oh my goodness. Like, you can say we got lucky and everything. And <laughs> yes, you did. Come on. It was a great throw and a great catch, and, like, the perfect – it was the perfect throw in the perfect spot, and he made the catch. You have to – all like, the luck is ultimately the fact that Auburn's defensive coordinator called probably the, the worst, worst defense you could possibly call like for that they situation. they literally didn't even try to put pressure on Jalen. They rushed, too, and had a spy on a fourth and 31. I, like, what are they doing? Like, you know, no, there was a third and 20 where Milrow got 19 yards. They didn't have a spy on them. I was like, what are you doing? It's the the thing crap. is, like, Milrow is the type of quarterback. He's the type of college quarterback that if you give him time and he doesn't have pressure, he will pick you apart. He has a cannon. He is extremely accurate. He will pick you apart if he has the time. It's just about buying him that time. They should have known that. They should have rushed at least four and Complete tried to get collapse. some pressure. That was their best option. I mean, he had all day. It, it looked like a game of 500 out there. Honestly, like the way it was just he like going along, you know. At least make it to where he has to like maybe move to the side a little bit. Yeah. Not literally stand perfectly just still wait. and just yeah. read the defense. Wait for as long as he wants. So. And then and their secondary, it's like their secondary didn't have any type of plan other they than just man. randomly meander through the end zone. Just play man. What you could do is you could have... You could play a man, have one man for each guy, and then have four guys playing zones. Four guys playing zones, each zone of the end zone. Yeah. You would have two players, two defensive players on each guy, like, yeah. or just have two men, two men on it's one. Just, like, you would have been fine. I'm hurt. I'm hurt, but Alabama <laughs> survived. Um, yeah. I we'll, we'll probably talk about Alabama later on. I think we should move on. I did want to say, so. what's crazy about this game, I wanted to point out, if you actually go back, I know you probably didn't have that much of an opportunity to watch much <laughs> of the game. I was watching um, quite a bit, actually. Two monitors. Dude. Okay. But if you actually go back and watch the game, we really didn't play horribly. Like, we drove down the field. We would get some timely stops. We struggled with the run game. But it was always the type of, like, runs that they obviously had deep in their playbook just for this game kind of runs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Payton Thorne is not a run-first quarterback, but they ran him a lot kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because they know we weren't expecting it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They had the right play cause like we drove there were two in the the first two drives of the second half for us. We drove down the field effort, effortlessly both times, but they got the key stop and we got 3 points total out of it. Just stuff like that kind of adds up. That's how you that's how you beat good teams. That's how you win. And and you yeah. well, you got to finish of course, but you get the idea. Um let's let's talk about some other games here real quick. Um we had number 3 Michigan outlasting number 2 Ohio State. Uh, they cheated their way to the Big Ten Championship. I'm disgusted. I'm revolted. And I wish them nothing but the worst moving forward. They're going to get exposed. I'm going to be honest. Watching Michigan and Ohio State, it was like watching. I am stealing this quote from somebody, by the uh... way. <laughs> it was like watching an SEC game from 2004. Like, there is no way anybody watches these two teams and think either of these teams would have a chance versus Georgia or Alabama, right? I think we could beat Alabama. I I really... uh, I think you're, like, delusional about Alabama. We'll get to that later. Georgia, I agree with, but Georgia's in a league of their own right now. Um, I think Ohio State just... I mean, like, the reality is Ohio State, they just don't have a great quarterback this year. They don't have C.J. Stroud. And... um, I think that was kind of the difference in this game. Like, yes, they have amazing receivers, but, like, um, 
just couldn't make plays to utilize them, it seems. And uh, Michigan was just able to kind of kill the clock and, and dominate them on the ground. It's kind of been the name of the game for the last three years. So uh, Michigan will be exposed. I agree with you on that. But that's the thing. What Michigan did versus Ohio State in the Big Ten, they're not going to be able to do against, like, Georgia or even us. Like, we're going to actually get them off the field. No one can beat Georgia. I, I, we have to establish that first, I think. I, I think that's, what, uh, a lot of teams got very close this year. What Michigan so. did, though, will work, I think, against it, – it works against the majority – like, it works against, like, 95% of teams, I think, across I football. With that. It does work against 95% of teams, but are you, like – do you care more about beating Rutgers, or do you care more about winning the national championship? I you have to make a decision. Harbaugh has always cared more about Rutgers, because Harbaugh historically, in the NFL too, he's he's never done well in postseason play. He's never done well in bowl games. He lost the Super Bowl, if you recall, the Harbaugh. Um, he's never been able to win the big game, because he's always great in the regular season, and then falls apart when it's time to actually show up. So... I don't know. But I, that's the difference between us and Michigan. I, I like get that. Alabama I, and Georgia, we both, we literally build our teams to beat each other. And, well, Michigan like, we, we built have themselves this in mind to beat Ohio we put State. Together rosters. Michigan is built to beat Ohio State. I don't know if they're built to beat too many other teams, but they are built to beat Ohio State. I that is to, true. And that, I mean, I get what you're saying. Part of it is, like, I feel like when we actually, us in Georgia, when we construct rosters, construct game plans, we always have in the back of our mind, like, this idea that the postseason is going to come. We're going to need to have some stuff ready for it. We need to be building towards that. But also, it is a one-week season at a time, right? Michigan, that. it's like they don't even realize that the postseason exists. Ironically, I think Ohio State is much better positioned to win in the postseason, but they just can't get past Michigan lately. I don't know what it is. Um, so... Unlike last year, Ohio State will not be in the playoffs this year. They're not going to, you know, weasel their way in, of course. So um, that's it for Ryan Day this year. Um, I see people at, calling to have him fired. I still think that's ridiculous. No. That's just He's literally absurd. undefeated against the rest of the Big Ten. Don't <laughs> yeah. know. And in the 12-team playoff, they'll be fine. Like, they'll make the playoffs every year in 12 teams. So, yeah. Plus, when Michigan's <laughs> not able to cheat, you know, they're, Ryan Day will have <laughs> yeah. a chance. And like that's the thing, this will all be vacated. Like Michigan, they better enjoy it while they can, because this like this is it. Like Harbaugh's probably not gonna be there next year. You know, like there's gonna be You think it's gonna get to that point? I mean, I feel like a it's gonna take the NCAA like literally saying, No, you're not allowed to coach, like some kind of show cause at this uh, that's what it's gonna take. I think they're not going to get rid of them. What I realistically they think is like they like this arrogant they I mean do. because Michigan fan base is arrogant. It is they like the arrogant I don't. The rules don't apply to me because <laughs> yeah. I'm a Michigan man. I hate the fact that I like that. It seems like I, I hate to say this. It seems like ever since the allegations came out, it somehow has made them like their team even more fired up. You know, I, I thought it would deflate their will and like really just like same. You know what I mean? Same. But, it hurts. But a normal team with like actual good qualities. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I put this? Somebody that has a little bit of shame wouldn't be so proud of the fact that they got caught cheating. I know, I know, I know. Oh, it just irks me. So, like, I, I honestly, I hope even if you guys make the playoffs and face them, I don't care who faces them. Like, I genuinely hope, even as a Big Ten homer, I hope and pray that Michigan gets just humiliated in the playoffs because it's just, there's just such a bad look on the entire sport. And they should not be representing this conference. They should not be in the playoffs. I can't say enough bad You know what's crazy to me? Is Michigan fans are always the first to point out, try to, like, blame Alabama or say <laughs> Alabama cheats because we're the big bad SEC. They're always the first to do that. Really? Granted, you do see that a lot on some me. other fan bases. Yeah. Michigan is always the first to do that. 
And it's like it's all just a giant projection. When they actually get caught doing it, yeah. they somehow try to make it about how, well, you see, the Big Ten's different because no, they'll no. actually try to punish us. Dude, they don't even care about the Big Ten. They are hate the Big Ten. It? They hate the Big Ten now. They hate that the Big Ten's coming after them. The three games. Exactly. They, they're trying to like, make a point. They're, they're trying to use the fact that they're getting punished and like upset about it as a way to like show that they're actually better people or more, uh, you know. And dude, I haven't seen a single ugly. Michigan fan in CFB court, and especially Reddit, who's like, not even one, who's like owned up to the fact they're cheating. Like, I literally exactly. have not seen a single they one. They just be like, okay, yeah, we cheated. That was pretty bad, you know. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. we'll take the punishment. Yeah. It is what it is. Sorry. They denied the cheating that in the first like, place. Yeah. They, yeah, they just deny it. It's like, it's not even that they, like, outright deny it. Yeah. They try to pretend like it's, like, not a big deal mm-hmm. or, you know, like, well, how dare they punish us this early? Yeah. It's, it, it, oh, God, dude. Michigan is the villains is just such a... It's disgusting. It's just absolutely disgusting. It's not disgusting. even a good kind of villain. At no. least we're like the good kind of villain. We're like, <laughs> the reason you hate us is because we have money. I get it. We pay recruits. I get it. You know, yeah. that type of thing. And we're successful. We're the big bad guys that you want to knock off. Like, there's nothing inherently hateable about Alabama. You can say, like, okay, we have an ego, but it's Marco. kind of deserved. I'm just being honest. But we don't like to sit here and blatantly set up freaking spy networks. <laughs> At least not blatantly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just say we don't do that. The reason we don't do that is because it's so easy to get caught doing. If we're going to cheat, we're not going to cheat in pedestrian ways that'll get you caught and punished. I, I, I just think from with, with Michigan, it's the, it's the arrogance factor. I think that, that bothers me most. They, they really believe they're just like superior to other people. And it's just, ah, uh, man. I feel like with Alabama fans, we kind of like know that our state sucks. <laughs> like we know this is what we got, right? Yeah. Michigan sucks though. Detroit, you kidding me? Like you know what I mean? Like Michigan as a state sucks, but they would never admit to they it. Would never. We they at least never. admit to our faults. Yeah. Ugh. Just grinds my gears. They'll be exposed. I think everyone agrees that like there's no way Michigan wins a national championship. Like everyone everyone agrees on that. So it'll happen. Give it time. Someone will beat them. We got to move on, though. We got two more games I want to talk about real quick here um, from this last weekend. Uh, real quick, Kentucky upsetting number 10 Louisville, 30-31, to 31, officially ending their playoff 31. hopes. Uh, thank you. Um, this officially ends their playoff hopes. I, I know you're an SEC homer, but were you surprised by this at all? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I really don't know what to make of this game. I'm surprised Louisville lost because Louisville was winning pretty much the whole game through the fourth quarter, and then they just kind of blew it. And it really, I mean, it really sucked for them because they actually did have an outside chance at the playoffs oh, yeah. if certain things kind of went their way. Yeah, it was a non-zero chance, which is more than most teams can say. But and they just kind of laid an egg at Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, they were controlling most of the game, but. So to be fair, place. they are way ahead of schedule of where they are expected to be. Like they're still going to be happy about the season. Like an right. ACC championship and a new New York Six Bowl for them mm-hmm. is still an ultimate W for the season. So I don't think they're like totally deflated. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I think the thing is with with Jeff Brom. I mean, I think they're in pretty good hands moving forward. I mean, Jeff Brom, as you remember, was the old um, Purdue quarterback, and I mean, for what it's worth, he kind of had Purdue in like a respectable, you know, position. Um, and after he left Purdue, completely went to crap. I think they won three games this year or something yep. just terrible. So, like, that tells me that Jeff Brom probably is, like, a, a pretty good coach. So, they'll be a fun team to watch in the ACC in years to come, but this is definitely not the year for them now. Correct. All right. And next we have Florida State 
finds a way against Florida to keep the dream season alive. We didn't have Murder Mertz because he wasn't playing. We did. Did you watch this one at all, perchance? I did actually watch it. Um, it was a good it was game. A, it was Florida a game. State kind of came out. Yeah, it was a game. Uh, Florida was winning what, twelve to zero? It looked like point? it might have been a blowout. I mean, Florida State came out really Not a cold. Blowout. It was it was kind of ugly at first. I'll say that. Um, Florida State has a history so far of coming out cold in these recent weeks and then winning in the second half. Well, they're, they're That's de- not going to work out in the playoff, but... <laughs> I agree. Uh, they, need, they need to play like they played in the fourth quarter of the entire game. And for what it's worth, when things were finally clicking near the end of the game, uh, their defense played lights out. Uh, and their running back play has been fantastic these last few games. So I, I realize it's like a one-in-a-million shot, but like if Florida State really seriously does have a chance in the playoffs... Um, their running back, Trey Benson, needs to just, like, have a miraculous run, um, pun intended. Because, um, yeah, they're, they're a new quarterback with Tate Roadmaker. Is that his name? Yeah, Road- that's his name. I mean, say what you will about the guy. Like, a decent quarterback. But, like, the, the difference between him and, like, a you know, a Bo Nix or something is just, it's night and day. Yeah. Right? So. You can't, if you can't be a one-dimensional team in the playoff, mm-hmm. it's, you're just going to get beat. It's not going to work. Um, but we'll see. I mean, for what it's worth, it was his first start. Um, we'll see how he plays against even better competition in Louisville this week. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that, Randy. Before we do, let's just... Um, I think we need to give out some awards here real quick. Um, we're, of course, talking about the This Was Their Super Bowl award. I can only imagine who you're going to give it to. It's, I, I it's mean, impossible it's, to guess. It's not even close, Randy. It's it's Alabama. <laughs> just the fan base. Dude, I've seen so... I. Honestly, honestly, you guys are celebrating this win harder than I've seen you guys win national championships. I'm serious. It's the rivalry, man. The Jordan here always has the weirdest voodoo. I, this is not a meme. This is not a joke. They have literally found human remains under Jordan Hare Stadium. Like, we say, we joke about it being an Indian burial ground. That's not a joke. That's an actual thing. There is weird voodoo that happens at that stadium. And it's just one of those games that's always really, really tough. And they're our in-state rival. Like, this is why I say I'm... I'm not going to turn this into a what's actually the best rivalry in college football. Oh, no. But at the very least, this is why it's considered 1A, 1B, because this is how mm. big of a deal it is. Let's see. Um, if you had to give an award, Randy, other than yourself, any other teams stand out to you as a... Uh... Well, my plan was to give it to ourselves. <laughs> I told you guys, I told everybody the week leading up to the game, before the game was played, mm-hmm. this is our Super Bowl. We have to win this. I can't think about... I remember telling you, we cannot think about Georgia right now. We have to focus on Harvard. I told you this. I, I get that. I if, did say that. If I had to give it to one other team, I'd probably say Michigan. Um, just because, again, the That's fan base. The fan to. base. And I get it. It was a big win. Like, you beat the number two team in the country. Like, I, I get that. But, like... You know what I can't <sighs> stand about the Michigan-Ohio State game? Is the way... Whenever Michigan wins especially, they bloviate. And, like... They do. They do it in like a, they just want to put them down kind of way. And it's very, it's very toxic. It's the wrong kind of disrespectful. They really Because hate they're like, well, these kids in these $1,000 Louis bags, they don't even want to come play. You're Michigan. You're richer than they are. You have more money than anybody. <laughs> Stop with the, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I and it's mean. just weird how they always are looking to put them down on a personal level. Like with Auburn, you know, we hate them and like we make fun of them and we hate them, but you can tell we don't just well actually disrespect them. It's different. You guys are more, it is different. To be fair, it is in state versus out of state. I think that might play a factor in it. 
because you have to live with Auburn fans. Like, you know, you got to coexist. That is true. It, it, it adds a different element to the rivalry, which mm-hmm. is very interesting. There was, after the final play, when Peyton Thorne was down on the ground, after the final play was blown dead, yeah. two of our defensive linemen went up to Peyton Thorne and were like, trying to like, you know, dap him up a little bit, trying to help him <laughs> up. Because like, at the end of the day, as heated as the rivalry is, mm-hmm. we respect each other. Oh, there's no respect between Michigan and Ohio State. I'm confident. But they should respect each other. There's no yeah. reason not to. Like, I understand hating each other, but why would you not respect them? You're the two best teams in the Big Ten. I mean, come on. Well, maybe not for long, but uh, more on that later in the future. <laughs> it's just, it seems it seems like a forced disrespect. You it can't might, it is a little and seriously, It's a little petty. You can't sit here and seriously act like Ohio State is not an amazing Big Ten program. No, I, I agree with that. I think the pettiest thing is actually what – Ohio State does, which is refer to them as the team up north, and when they cross out all the M's on campus, it's just so dumb, dude. Like from an outside I know perspective, it's so dumb. Dude, I had a um, okay, so I have a friend who's like dating someone, and this um, this guy. So so she went to Wisconsin, and she's dating a guy who went to Minnesota right now, and apparently oh. this dude started pulling in Ohio State and like the week of the rivalry game between Minnesota and, and Wisconsin was like going around his house and like crossing out the letter W on like on like That's various kind of plaques and you know what I mean like on, on like posters and stuff but the, I, like come on uh, what is this with, world with both of us with both Alabama and Auburn being an A team we can't, <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> I, I think the most we do is like we'll refer to them as West Georgia every now and then. <laughs> yeah, but it's never like a serious thing that we take to heart to like really we'll do it for us. It's just like a goof. Yeah, call them the goofers. The goofers. We goof on Auburn and then call them, you know West Georgia. Cal College. That's a good insult. Cal College. Uh, but I don't know. I just I just think it's dumb the the letter thing. Um, that's my hot take. It is a little dumb. It's a little forced. And now we're going to talk about some coaching changes we have noticed. We've seen the coaching carousel get a little more heated up. Uh, One of the first ones I noticed was Oregon State's Jonathan Smith to Michigan State. That really sucks for Oregon State because he was an alumni of Oregon State, and he would have stayed, Hmm. you know, if they were in a little bit more of a better position. So that's really unfortunate Uh, for them. I just don't know what the future is going to be. Poor Oregon State fans. I I just can't imagine, you know, being an Oregon State fan and – Having your coach leave a program, um, you know, but from the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and Pac twelve, I just can't imagine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm of course referring to Randy. <laughs> People, know, I, no, I'm sorry, I got to dunk on them. They stole Gary Anderson. This. They stole Gary Anderson, dude. I hate. I'm glad. I'm glad Oregon State's getting relegated to the Big Sky. Screw them, dude. I hate them. I completely I hate forgot that they stole Garris, Gary Anderson. From oh him. my God! I have no sympathy. I completely sympathy. forgot about that. I have no. I'm glad this come. This came full circle, especially with the Big Ten. That they lost their head coach to the Big Ten. They their rivals going to the Big Ten. Screw them. Screw every Oregon State them? fan. I hate them all. Are you that mad about them? Yes, Gary Anderson. Randy, you should be mad too. Ago? You Eight should be mad ago? too. And here's why. This there's like there's only like three um, uh, degrees of separation between. Oregon State and Alabama not winning a national title. Do you want to hear it? Uh, sure. Oregon State poaches Gary Anderson. Okay. okay. While this is all happening, while he's in contact with Oregon State, Gary Anderson throws the Big Ten championship. We lose 59 to nothing. Remember that? Remember that happening? I do remember that game. Ohio State gets in to the playoff. 
Ohio State oh. upsets Alabama. Think about it, dude. I'm, I'm not joking. Like, honestly, if Oregon State didn't exist, Alabama would have won that. He likely won that national championship because you guys would have faced, like, Baylor or TCU that year. I'm you just do saying, have dude. a very good point. So, Oh, well, it's interesting how people say Baylor or TCU and hmm. don't, you know, bring up that head-to-head as, like, the hmm. one thing that should be talked hmm. about. It's very interesting. Anyway, Curious. moving on. Curious. Moving on. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, good, good for Michigan State. Good for them. <laughs> That's my take Yeah, good for Michigan State. <laughs> Uh, we have a situation at Texas A&M. Sure I guess it's Mike Elko from Duke to Texas A&M. A lot of drama around this one, because originally it was going to be Mike Stoops, um, but then that fell through. And then, like, uh, apparently, like, Mike Elko was, like, kind of on the fence or something about joining A&M, and he was, like, initially, like, I'm not going to do it, but I-, I might do it. And then, like, an hour later, he did it. Like is that? Yeah, because he it was, it was leaked and announced by Twitter or whatever. Yeah, and then he went and goes tells the Duke team, "Well, I, ha- I haven't actually taken it." But <laughs> like, what are we doing, dude? And then an hour later, he's like, "Okay, I've taken it." It's like, "Come on, dude." The, could this have been messier? Uh, yes, it could have because they what? Who was they were originally going to hire Mark Stoops, yeah. and then had some Twitter poll, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, we're not hiring Mark Stoops." This is a huge deal. Yeah, they're so incompetent. It's insane. They literally didn't they're have a plan. They're not ever going to succeed because Never. of their own incompetence. It shows that they're not well ran. It shows they're incompetent. It shows they don't have what it takes as an administration mm-hmm. to put together all the pieces for a winning program. It's just insane, dude. It's just insane. You can't just throw money into the pit and expect it to work out. Obviously, you need the money and it helps, but mm-hmm. just throwing it into the pit, it just it's, it's, there's more to it than that. And I don't see what this guy possibly... Like, to go from Jimbo Fisher, who I get didn't work out, but, like, at the time, he was such a grand slam hire. Like, it was literally probably one of the biggest hires of this generation. To go from that to this guy who, like, with with all offense intended, is, is a nobody. Like, let's face it, this is not... This is not the higher you want if you're a Texas A&M fan, right? Like, what has he done at Duke? He went 9-4 and in 2022, 7-5 this year. I'm sorry, but, like, having that record in the ACC, you're, he's not cut out for Texas A&M. This Duke is, a, is not some horrible program. They used to be horrible, but they're not horrible anymore. They're not. They're, like, like decent and now. And these are, like... They're they're decent. Like these are not horrible records, but this is not an upgrade. No, because if you went seven and five in A and M, they'd be furious. So like going seven and five at Duke, like what what are we doing here, dude? Like, and they play such an easier schedule. And like, yeah, yeah he's gonna have more talent at A and M, but look at who he's gonna have to play every year. Exactly. Like I do. This Coasty is gonna come to A and M and just get destroyed. No, that's another thing. I just he literally point out. played at an Ivy League. He's from New Jersey, played in the Ivy League, has pretty much coached on the East Coast his entire career, save for a couple years as D.C. at Texas A&M. But outside of that, I mean, like, I just don't see from a cultural fit perspective any way him working out at Texas A&M. Like, Duke to A&M, I've said this a few times on the server, but, like, Duke, in my mind, is probably, like, the most chill P5 job imaginable. And to go from that to A&M, which is, like, the most hostile and toxic P5 position available, this guy's going to get eaten alive. Exactly. Exactly. He's going to get eaten alive. He doesn't realize how little room for error there, yeah. there is and how yeah. thin the margins are here. Uh, I've, I almost feel bad for the guy. I say almost because I'm sure he's going to get paid a ton of money. Um, and he'll land at his feet wherever he goes. But it's just A&M, dude. 
complete disaster from I just can't believe they didn't have a plan. Like that's a boggles my mind the most. They knew that's, they were going to fire it. him. That's really it. Yeah. It's not even about who they hired as much yeah. as the fact that this is obviously like they did not have any type of plan when they yeah. hired Jim. But the thing is every well-ran competent athletic department in mm -hmm. this country, they have a, li a list of candidates that they have that they are ready to reach out to yeah. in case the absolute worst case scenario happens. Yeah. We have that and we have freaking Nick Saban. <laughs> um, I know what's it Oklahoma said, Castiglione, their athletic department director, at one mm -hmm. point said, yeah, we always had a short list of candidates. We always kept in touch, yeah. kept touch with, you know, kept, you know, touched up on them, this and that, and this and that, did some interviews, no matter what, every single year, just in case we needed to. Right, right. They didn't do any of that. Yeah. Even Wisconsin did that, dude. Cold. That's how we got Luke did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. The Luke Fickle hire was so seamless and smooth and mm -hmm. just like they already had been talking to him. Yeah. And so I, I just, I'm blown away, especially given how easy theoretically it should be for A&M to hire anyone. I mean, I remember people like talking, you know, really just rumors or just making stuff up, but people were kind of like seriously thinking that Dabo Sweeney might end up at A&M. And I mean, not that it was going to happen, but to go from like that kind of level of expectations to Mike Alco from Duke, it's just, uh, I, I, I think at the end of the day, a lot of coaches are going to see what's going on at Texas A&M and be yeah. like, well, I don't. No, I'm not going to do that. There's no reason to put yourself through that and be forced for the standard to be, I have to be better than Nick Saban. Yes. That's the standard you're judged by at Texas A&M. It's just not possible. It's not. It's not. And I'll I say this. To, I have to beat Nick Saban and Kirby Smart consistently. And especially considering, I'll say this, I feel like with A&M, their window for success um, is, it's over. Now that Texas, the Longhorns are in the SEC, they are officially the little brother again. And meanwhile, I Texas. Think it's, I don't no, even it's think over. that's necessarily true. I don't think that they have all they have all this money. They have the boosters. They have the fans. They're fine as far as that goes. But it's still, I don't know. They're, they're gonna have to find a way to market themselves. It's. I just think it's gonna be a lot harder with Texas being in the SEC now. I think they had Texas is such a big state that some like there is enough of a difference between them and actual texas regular texas that they have like their own kind of cultural identity that's set apart from austin texas and i feel like mm -hmm. some people kind of prefer that texas a and vibe some you know some poor, poor people, people. <laughs> yeah oh i don't know it's gonna be fun to watch but until then i mean this guy i'll give him three years max i think three years three years yeah I don't think they're going to give him the same. I honestly think part of the reason they hired him is because they're not going to give him the same Jimbo Fisher level. Is this like a holding pattern? Norm is it like uh, we're going to hire this guy and just like kind of wait it see out? See what happens. Like wait it out and see like if a Dabo Sweeney is available down the road. Maybe it's one of those things. I, they should have been doing. They should have been planning for this three years ago. I, I agree, but maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Because I mean, ultimately, doing a move like that is a multi-year process. It is. And now the coach it like is. that is a multi-year. You don't just wake up one day and say, "Oh, we're going to call Dabo." Yeah. No, you talk to him and build that relationship over a course of years with yeah. your athletic director. And so by the time your athletic director is ready to pull the trigger on Jimbo, mm -hmm. they're like, hey, Dabo, I know we've been friends for three or four years. You exactly. know, we've, we've talked about our program. It seems like it'd be a great fit. What you think? Right. No, Good enough relationships like that with top level coaches, one of them will say yes. I agree. I agree completely. All right. Now we'll move on to the mail. Mailbag. I feel like we need a little mailbag jingle because we yeah, we'll, become we'll, a regular part. It, we'll, we'll, we'll go next year. <laughs> we'll go next year. Yeah. 
Uh, so the mailbag prompt of the of this week was predict who the final four playoff teams will be, as well as their seeding. Any users who successfully predict the top four teams and their seeding will automatically be entered in a raffle for a twenty dollar Pizza Hut gift card. It's All right. This is a good one. Hey. I just want to say before we get into this, I I think we only have like one repeat. So there's a lot of there's a lot of takes. It's going to be hard to win the, the the gift card, but I believe you guys. We believe in you. All right. X. Number 1, Georgia. Number 2, Michigan. Number 3, Oregon. Number 4, Texas. So I guess this assumes a Florida State loss, and then when Oregon beats Washington, so it seems. Michigan obviously wins, and so it assumes seems. Georgia wins. You know, um, possible. I could see this happening. Um, Axe did not provide an explanation for this, but I, I agree. I think Florida State would probably have to lose for this scenario to happen, in my mind. Just they would definitely have to. They're lose. They're ranked above Texas right now, so. I mean, listen, I know Florida State has looked kind of weak lately, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I know that they don't have their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, an undefeated power conference champion, I know, we all know what the Vegas line would be if they played Alabama, but you you can't just leave them out. I hate to say it. I know you don't hate for me to admit that, but... You said that, but I'll take it. (laughs) From Banana Joe, one, Michigan, number two, Washington, number three, Alabama, number four, Texas. This is insane. This is actually insane, but read the prompts. Hold on, let me, let, me, let, me get, let, me give, <laughs> let me give his explanation. I can't cheer against my team. I think winning the SEC will jump Bama over Texas to the three spot. Michigan will be pushed up naturally, and Washington beating an Oregon team will be big enough to put them at two. But Texas and Florida State winning, I think no Jordan Travis will make the committee pick Texas. <laughs> Dude, so basically, it's going to say it's going to be between Texas and Florida State. And what's crazy is he has Florida State winning in this scenario. I can only see this happening if Alabama destroys Georgia and Florida State loses. It's the only way. Dude, you have to admit, there would be like riots if, if, if undefeated yeah. Florida State gets left out over two one-loss teams. I mean, yeah, and deservedly. Well, here's the thing. I wouldn't complain. That's I know you, well, you wouldn't. And especially this is crazy because he has Alabama over Texas. I don't know, man. This is People would be so mad if that happened and we ended up winning the national championship. Because at the end of the day, if we won the national championship, you can't really say like, well, they didn't put the best team in. You know, it's really not fair. It's like, oh, well, they, they proved why they should have been in after the fact. <laughs> oh, I'm getting riled up. All right, let's move on to the next one here. From DK, number one. Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, Washington, number four, Florida State. I completely agree. I think people have one and two. Like if Georgia and Michigan win, mm-hmm. that's going to be one, two in that order. Yeah. I think he's right about that. Mm-hmm. Number three will probably be the Pac-12 winner. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Let me just go ahead and give his explanation. Prompts, yeah. I honestly flip-flopped between Texas and Florida State. But in the end, I feel the committee will put in an undefeated conference champion over a 12-1 and conference champion, mm-hmm. even without Jordan Travis. I also made it the way it is because I know they want to see one last Pac-12 Big Ten Rose Bowl, despite it being a semifinal game. That's very true. Honestly, I could see the, the, the wanting that to happen. Um, <laughs> for what it's worth, if these four teams win this weekend, I think I agree with DK. I think this is like right now probably... The most, 
the, the highest possibility outcome. It would be the least controversial. It would be. Just because it's four undefeated I mean, these... <laughs> so. Yeah, I was going to say, now that I look... Yeah, it is literally four undefeated. Uh, I mean... The thing is, I think it's good... We're going to preview this, but this is going to be a crazy conference championship. This is probably the biggest conference championship weekend since the first playoff, actually. So... This I, would have been a great year for the 12-team playoff to go been. ahead and start, but alas. Alas. We'll get them next year, though. <laughs> next year. Lobro, number one, Georgia. We all know they aren't losing. I love seeing all the Bama fans coping, though. Wow. All right? There you go. Number two, Michigan. Presumably a lock at this point. Michigan losing to Iowa would be the funniest possible scenario, though. It would be. No one's talking about that, but it would be hilarious. What point can we discuss the fact that Michigan's schedule is so embarrassingly... Okay. Everyone agrees. No, that's not controversial. Except them. They take... (laughs) <laughs> they don't agree. That's the problem. They don't even recognize that the schedule is so it's, bad. It's sad. It's sad. Okay. Right. Number three, Florida State. If they lose to Louisville, they're out. True. If they win, they're in. There's no way around it. The QB situation doesn't matter. Just win. I agree. Gotta, that's true. Four, Oregon. Now it's down to Oregon and Texas. Both are 12-1, and one, and I think Oregon's win over Washington barely edges them in. Yeah, and then he also had number five, Texas, and number six, Ohio State, for good measure. Um, To that last point, I think I agree with that, just because, in a weird way, Texas not facing Oklahoma, I think, kind of hurts them. Because they're playing Oklahoma State now in the Big 12 Championship, and beating them just won't look as good as beating Oklahoma in a rematch would have. That would, I mean, I agree with you, actually. And I think the committee will take into account... You know, in this specific scenario, mm-hmm. that the Alabama team they beat was not the I'm good sure. Alabama team we're seeing now. They're not. It's not the same Alabama team. I think they're going to not respect the Alabama win, mm-hmm. even though it is beating Alabama, which is on one hand is kind of crazy, but still, I well, don't know. And, and the thing is, if Oregon is to beat Washington, I mean, that would be a more impressive win by this metric than Texas' win over Alabama, for what it's worth. So, right. I Let me know. give his explanation. Sure. Uh, he said. Florida State gets pounded by Michigan. It won't be pretty with a backup quarterback, but they do deserve it. Oregon <laughs> keeps it close for about three quarters, and then Georgia does the Georgia thing and pulls away. Fair enough. Ultimately, we get the Michigan-Georgia rematch, and I think Georgia will pull out in 3 P before Bama LOL. Ouch. All right? How much would that hurt? Be honest. How much would that hurt? Uh, I mean, I mean... Uh, the 3 Pete's not really that big of a deal. It would be nice to have, but it's more the cherry on top of what... We already have. Can I be honest? We already have a full Sunday. Can I be honest? I kind of hope Georgia does three-peat only because it would mean Minnesota is no longer the last team to three-peat, which would be good. They always brag about that. They're like pre-World War II three-peat. It's like, dude, no one was alive back then. Come on. Yeah, I, I understand. I completely <laughs> get it. All right, from Rice. Number one, Georgia. Kirby Smart puts on his king of college football crown with a dominant performance of the Georgia defense stifles Alabama. That is not the matchup to watch for in this game. I just have to correct this. King of football. This, the matchup to watch out for in the SEC championship is not the Georgia defense versus the Alabama offense. It is the opposite. Really? We, we know what we're kind of getting with the Georgia defense and Alabama offense. We kind of have an idea of how much we're going to score. Mm-hmm. The real matchup is Georgia's offense versus Alabama's defense. That's what the winner of the game is going to come down to, is which one is going to step up more. Interesting. Interesting. We'll talk about that later. Number two, Michigan. 
Iowa keeps it close for about a quarter before the nation remembers Iowa can't score more than like six points. That's probably true. true. Yeah. Washington. Washington pounds Oregon and silences the doubters. Phoenix has his Heisman performance and a legendary matchup with Michigan awaits. Could be fun. One thing, one note I wanted to make is the Washington-Oregon game will probably determine the Heisman winner. Oh, 100% at this point, I think, yeah. Number four, Texas. Texas squeaks by Ohio or Oklahoma State with a late field goal, and FSU loses in a heartbreaker to Louisville. Ohio State and Alabama both claim they deserve the spot. We're not <laughs> listen. If we lose to Georgia, we we're not going to claim we deserve a spot. Right. I could see Ohio State though. Well, maybe it depends. I could see them. Would, I could see them. They would need a tremendous it. amount of chaos to happen. I, I don't think Ohio State can possibly. I don't think there's any way Ohio State could get in at this point. Um, and we're not. We're not getting in. Okay. Like at eleven and two, if we lose to Georgia, it's be, it's done. We're going to the Sugar Bowl or whatever. It'd be tough. Okay. Move All on. right. Pause. Cosette. 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 Number one, Michigan. Number two, Oregon. Number three, Alabama. Number four, Georgia. This is ridiculous. Admit it. Admit it. These would be the four best teams. No, no, I disagree. Dude, I would literally quit. I would literally not watch if this happens. This is insane. This is actually insane. He says, Randy, when this happens, please be Oregon by 40. Oh, my God. Dude, or, we uh, do have a history playing Bo Nix, so we we know what Bo Nix is about. Koss has turned into the ultimate SEC homer. I've never seen anything like it. Like literally the biggest SEC homer probably in the entire CFB like multiverse. So he's an SEC fan now. He's, he Oklahoma is. joins the SEC. Yeah. I, I like I like how the SEC and all this realignment has kept a regional identity and makes mm-hmm. geographical sense. Like you, you have to admit, at least the teams that we've added make sense. I blame, hey. The Big Ten adding freaking blame Larry Los Scott. Angeles blame and Larry Scott. the West Coast. It's, they had to go somewhere. It, I think it's more egregious what the ACC is doing, but no one, no one talks about that. No one talks well, the about ACC that. is not, it, it's more it's like. It's the Coastal the Conference. <laughs> Come on, like. They're fighting for survival. It's a little bit Atlantic. more Atlantic. They need to rebrand. All they have to do is rename it. Just take off the A. They're or the or name it the All Coasts Conference. The All Coast Conference. There you go. Think about that. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Saxo Steve. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Washington. Number three, Florida State. Number four, Texas. There's no right so about this, this assumes, one. So yeah. this assumes Alabama beats Georgia in that we still get left out. I pray this happens, as uh, you know. I mean, this is my ideal matchup, I'll say. I think the only way this happens is, like, Alabama beats Georgia kind of close, and Texas just like pulls a Ohio State versus Wisconsin, just like like eviscerates Honestly, Oklahoma State. In this scenario, they would probably put Georgia in. If that's the logic the committee is going with, they would probably put in Georgia. Even if Georgia loses, I just I think Dude. they would put in. Okay, okay, not necessarily that they would put in Georgia, but I think they would want to put in Georgia before they put in Texas. I don't know. I, I, I have heard I have heard the committee say they don't want to punish people for playing a conference championship game type thing. The thing is, and they, I mean, like, they change it every it. year, though. Like, they change their criteria literally every year because they get new members every single year. So I don't know, man. That is true. Who knows that what they value. True. It seems like they value the head-to-heads so far this year. Um, I, I, I Again, I really only think this happens if Texas just, like, nukes. I'm, I'm, like, they have to 59-0 them, basically. Um in the big they do have to put up some style points. Did they yeah. play Oklahoma State earlier this year? Um, 
let's let's look it up, folks. Yeah, here at the Jim Podcast, we're really prepared. Um, they have not. They have not. Interesting. I mean, for what it's worth, like Texas has, they've 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 done pretty well this season. Like I, I think they deserve some credit. Um, but they still got a new Oklahoma State. They got to like literally just completely pants them. It happen. does hurt them that they're not going to get the rematch versus Oklahoma. Like that's really it would have been big because then they could have said, "Oh, we beat everyone we played, right?" And like you know, say what you will. Even though Oklahoma State might be a better team than Oklahoma by a hair, Oklahoma is like I a, don't even know. I don't think that's Oklahoma true. is like a bigger brand than Oklahoma State. Like it's a more I prestigious. Think host, win, I think Oklahoma is you know? a much better team. It's just I mean Oklahoma they lost beat the right people. They lost Oklahoma State this year. They did. Uh, I know. I'm just I mean, saying. Come on. I'm just saying. But we'll see. I, Saxo Steve, I'm, I'm hoping this happens. That's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> all right, we got from a few more Sora, here. Yeah, Sora, it depends on who wins the SEC championship game. If Georgia wins, it'll be one Georgia, two Michigan, three Florida State, four Texas. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 gets snubbed because the Pac-12 always gets left out. That is true. The last year, Pac-12 though. team to make it was Washington. This is the strongest Pac-12 in the playoff era, though. So... I don't know. If Bama wins, much the same except no SEC champion and Pac-12 champ sneaks in. And it will be one Michigan, two Florida State, three Texas, four Pac-12 champion. I don't think they would put Florida State up that high. They've no. shown before that they're willing to put the undefeated team if they think they're weak as just number four below. Yeah, yeah. Which, the one-loss teams that they like better. It's a similar logic to Saxo Steve. I think just the ordering is a little bit different in this case. Yeah. Um, moving on. Moving on, Bro Down 64, resident Minnesota fan. Yep. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Florida State. Number four, Texas. This one's a lot of chalk. In this case, Texas gets in over presumably Oregon, who wins the Pac-12. Um, that, that'd be a tough one, dude. Like, honestly, if it comes down to that, I think people really aren't talking about this, actually. Like, what happens if Georgia wins, Michigan wins, Florida State wins, Texas wins, Oregon wins? Who gets in, Texas or Oregon? It's got to be Oregon. I think Oregon. I think so, too. But, like, then it comes down to style points again, right? Like, does Oregon barely survive? Does Texas blow out Oklahoma State? I don't know. It's This they're is a play, tough one. I think they're pretty good about having a long-term memory. They're going to yeah. look at how Oregon just blew out Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Oregon beat USC by multiple scores. Yeah. Oregon blew out Utah. Oregon's got a really Oregon good resume. Just- yeah. They do have a really good resume outside of losing to Washington. In a close game, too, at Washington. So, yeah. I don't know. I wonder, like, if they would do the... Here is the, the <clears throat> ultimate... Here is the ultimate cop-out that I could see the committee doing, yeah. just as a cop-out to protect themselves. <laughs> okay. If Alabama beats Georgia, they would put in Alabama, they would put in Michigan, they would put in... Oh, actually, I don't know if that would work. <laughs> Alabama. The, the committee has Florida to be praying State. that's like one of these teams loses. No, Alabama, <laughs> Michigan, Florida State, and Texas. That way they can just leave out Oregon. Mm. But if and Washington just be wins, like, well, we'll, we'll put in both Alabama and Texas. But like, if Washington wins, you have to, like, it's just, they're, dude, they need, like, yeah, if Washington they need wins, an upset. They, have a situation. they need mean, a big upset. Like, they need Florida State to lose, basically. To, to... I mean, really, it's good that we're expanding because when you think about it, like, there's no reason. That we should really be having conversations where mm-hmm. a team that you know could win the playoff mm-hmm. is being looked at from the out is looking at the outside in because of some weird scheduling because of weird niche scenarios. It's just I like 
I brought this up today on, on Discord. Like, just from the very start, having a four-team playoff with five conferences was a dumb idea. It was just always exactly. a dumb idea from the like someone was always going to be snubbed. <laughs> we so. can't rely on chaos every single year because eventually one year something like this is going to happen where it's yeah. not all going to work out. It always does work out, but one year it's not going to. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it, with the playoff, you either have to do it the full way with at least 12, yeah. 16, 24 teams or something, or just not do it at all. Not yeah. do like a, a four team playoff because then you get the worst of Dude. both. Just World. go back to multiple national titles. I don't care. I, I just... It's, oh, well. <clears throat> okay, we got a couple oh, well. more to go through here. All right. Next up is four Womblies. Yep. He has number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Oregon. Number four, Florida State. That would probably be the order. If who wins, who needs to win, wins for these people to make it, mm -hmm. these teams to make it, that would be the order. I... They would put Florida State at four despite being undefeated. I probably agree. Again, it, it kind of it brings into question Texas. I, I it's it's going to be tough, but this I could see this happening. All right. Next up, we have Alter, who gives literally the exact same teams <laughs> in the exact same order: Georgia one, Michigan two, Oregon three, Florida State four. But he gives a little bit of an explanation. I love this explanation. <laughs> what is the okay? Gonna Nick Saban announces retirement after losing the second title game by four points. SMU beats Tulane and will play Texas in the Cotton Bowl and beat them because Texas will be pissed they had to play SMU after missing the playoff at 12-1. and one. I could see that. Penn State beats Sabinless Alabama in a matchup of an old-school rivalry in the Peach Bowl. Saban's not retiring, I hate to tell you. I'm quoting you on that. When do you think he, he retires? When do you think he retires? Realistically. Realistically? I'd say give him at least another five years. Five! Dude. I'd say eight. Eight! eight. eight is My life is good. He's a workaholic, dude. He's a workaholic, <laughs> and he's done a good job transitioning his role and a job into his old age. Dude, like, he's actually... This past three years has been him trying to transition the job to where he can handle it at his old age. He loves stuff. working. Like, he's an insane workaholic. He, he, He's not doing this to retire. Like, this mm. is his retirement. It's legacy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, uh, that, that wraps it up for all the previews, um, or at least your predictions uh, for the playoffs. Um, I really appreciate all the entries, folks. And again, if, if and when someone gets all four of these correct in the exact order, we will be giving away some gift cards. So um, everyone pay close attention to what you said uh, in a couple of weeks. All right, next up we have the conference championship predictions. Um, this is the best conference championship week we've had since I can ever remember. Of the playoff era, let's say, for sure. Of the playoff era at the very least. Every game matters. So we'll start. Every game matters. Every single game matters yeah. a lot. So we're just going to go and start off there. We actually get a Friday game, which is going to be Pac exciting. Yeah, dude, Pac-12 championships always Friday night. Going to miss that. Interesting. Uh, we have Oregon and Washington. I am really, really looking forward to this game. I think of all the of all the games, this is probably the most evenly matched in my mind. Um, Vegas doesn't think so. I think Vegas has Oregon winning by nine and a half, which is insane to me, considering they lost the first game. But I think this is going to be a shootout, just like the first game in the regular season. I th I kind of like part of me thinks Oregon comes out on top, and part of me also thinks Washington is the more complete team overall. It's kind of a, it's like a coin flip for me, dude. I honestly don't know who's going to win this one. 
I like Oregon because really when Oregon played Washington the first time, you have to remember there were three crucial fourth downs that Oregon just didn't convert and converting one of those three would have won them the game. One of them was like a fourth and one at the end zone, right at the end of the half. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't get the touchdown, so they came away with zero points. Another one was like a fourth and one to go ahead and ice the game Mm -hmm. and then they didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, There was another one kind of thrown in there that was like they didn't get a goal line score. If you look at the actual statistics of the game... Yeah, I'm looking now. Oregon outgained Washington by 150 yards, had zero turnovers, and had seven more first downs and 10, min- 10 minutes more time of possession. Should have won. If Oregon doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, they will beat Washington. And I think Washington has shown a lot of kinks in the armor. They so look bad. They look, a, yeah, they look kind of bad Oregon last is an, Oregon is built like an SEC team playing in the Pac-12. <laughs> well, Washington is just a really good version of a Pac-12 team. And for what it's worth, Washington came out very flat against Washington State last week. Washington State's pretty mediocre. Meanwhile, Oregon just pretty much destroyed uh, a ranked Oregon State. Um, so they definitely have a bit more momentum heading this game. Honestly, I was initially going to pick Washington, but you've convinced me. I think Oregon wins the rematch. There you go. That would also drive some chaos because you never know if Oregon would still get left out. That's true. Um, Anyway, next up we have on Saturday, 11 a.m., Oklahoma State versus Texas. We both agree Texas wins this one, right? Yeah, probably. Probably. It's Here's really, the thing. Texas, yeah. Texas has played a lot of close games versus some pretty meh competition. True. But I think whenever the stakes are really high, I think they'll show up. Yeah, they've been pretty clutch this year, I'll say. Um, I, I think the thing for Texas is, like I was saying earlier, like they need to not just win this game. They need to like absolutely come out and dominate from start to finish. Put up a lot of points, play tough, look good. Um, because at this point... Texas really, uh, you know, they're number seven right now. They'll be higher with Ohio State losing, but they need style points. Like, style points are everything for Texas right now. So they need to not only win, but win uh, convincingly. Yeah, they're going to have to put up some style points just for their own self-preservation. Next up, at the 3 o'clock slot. Game of the year. Really, it probably is the game of the year. Georgia versus Alabama. Randy, have the mic. What do you think? It's an evenly matched up game. Both teams have known this game is coming. We can't admit to it in the middle of the year because it's a one-week season each week, right? But we've known that this game is coming. I really think the game is ultimately a coin flip. Um, I think the key to watch that's really going to determine the game is how does Alabama's defense do against Georgia's offense? How does Georgia's offense do against Alabama's defense? Mm. That's really going to be the determining factor of the game because we kind of know what we're getting in every other pocket of the game. You know, mm. we know how Brock Powers is, et cetera, et cetera. Say, but you just, I want to see how Carson Beck looks under pressure because when he's been put under pressure, he has struggled I'll say a little this. bit. I'll say this. I, 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 I am of the opinion that, and I, I was kind of giving you some crap later today outside of the gym podcast, but I, I don't think teams can necessarily, like, out-physical Georgia. Like, Georgia is just, they're such a tough team, right? But one weakness I think Georgia has that no one really talks about is, I believe you can frazzle Georgia. Like, I, I feel like you can put them under severe pressure, and they will eventually buckle. The thing is, no one has done this yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no one's actually put them on the ropes in, like, three years. 
Um, but if Alabama's like up by 14 in the fourth quarter, it's over. Like it, it it's done. Like they're not coming back. That's kind of how I see this game unfolding. If oh, if man. Alabama would win. Here's the thing with Georgia is they've had so they've had I think seven, eight opponents score on the very first score touchdown yes. on the first drive versus them this year. Yeah. And while that's like easy to use that as a rebel rebuttal to say, well, they they got scored on on the first drive of all these games. They didn't get frazzled. It's a little bit different, whatever. It's clearly the scripted first drive, they, and you know totally, you have totally, and you know you have fifty five more minutes left in the game, right? Very different versus a team doing that, and then a team showing they're actually able to move on your defense. Yeah, like I don't know if Georgia's had that. I I've heard I heard this actually in Josh Pate's show, and I'm going to parrot it because <laughs> I think it's actually a really good point. I try not to plagiarize, but <laughs> he said people in the military that have been in combat zones would tell you. You don't know who a guy really is until you have bullets flying at you. You don't know what how they're going to respond. You don't know what they're going to do. And I don't know if Georgia has had bullets fly at them. They've never been to those kind of really high-pressure situations. They really haven't. Don't know how that's going to affect them. Because think about Alabama. We are battle-tested. We know exactly how our players respond. We know exactly how we're going to respond, what players are going to work best. We know how to handle these high-pressure situations. Like, we're not going to get frazzled. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. Alabama is frazzle-proof, I would say, just in general. Um, that's kind of been one of the defining traits in this dynasty, frankly, is Alabama doesn't get frazzled. Whereas with Georgia, I just, I don't know, man. I think Alabama, if they're going to win this game, they need to obviously come out early, which should be no problem because everyone comes out early against Georgia. But keep the momentum going. I see way too often teams that have Georgia, you know, in kind of a bad position entering halftime. And just they fall apart in the second half. They play way too conservatively. That you know they take their foot off the gas. Like to beat Georgia, you need to have a high-scoring game. Like you need to beat them in a shootout. At least I think so. I think. I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think Georgia will actually ever really get frazzled. I mean, I just have this feeling that even if we were to go up fourteen on them, which I don't think we will, even I, if we I, went up twenty-one on them. Even if we went up 21-0 on them, I don't think they would get frazzled. I think they would still settle in and lock in, and I think they would eventually kind of come back. It would be a game still. I really I don't think that would be an issue. You have to remember the Ohio State game last year. I guess. Where, what, they were down 21-7 to at one point, came back and took the lead. Then they were down 38-24 to in the fourth corner quarter came back and won i mean they're they're pretty mentally tough it's just this exact iteration of georgia hasn't really been through that right and right. again though it really like the other 21 players on the team are mm-hmm. perfectly fine and probably razzle what a frazzle frazzle proof frazzle proof the other 21 players are frazzle proof yeah it literally just comes down to carson, carson beck, beck and how frazzle proof is he going right. to be and i that's the thing i think that's gonna be the difference because with stetson bennett i mean he was a fifth year senior that dude's like 26 years old like right like he's played he's he played enough football had been in enough situations to kind of you know have that clutch gene develop but with carson beck we just don't know all we know is that carson beck is literally the ugliest quarterback in football and Very I, true. I, I, I just honestly, I, I know like this isn't a thing. This is not a stat you can point to, but you just look at him. You just look at his face, and he, it does not scream clutch. It doesn't say clutch. 
unfortunate, I really think the unfortunate thing for us is that when you have 21 other players and a head coach that are frazzle-proof, <laughs> it'll be easy to keep the quarterback engaged. And it's easy mode. From being frazzled. It's because, easy mode. I mean, I you're going to have Ladd McConkey and you're going to have freaking, what's his name, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, you know, yeah. They're going to be dapping him up. They're going to be giving him pats on the back. They're going to keep him in the game. They're going to say, hey, I like this play. We're going to run this. Trust me. They're going to look him in the eyes and say, yeah. Throw the ball my way. Just trust me. Alabama needs and then to that's shut gonna down. Help, that's going to help Carson Beck. Like, I, stuff like that. It's I, it's going to help him. I can see that. Alabama needs to shut down Brock Bowers. I, I hate dude, I hate, I hate how overpowered tight ends can be. Have you noticed this? Uh, Have, like, I in, know in, in the mean. sport of football. I get, I get Rob it. Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. I don't know what it is, dude. <laughs> like, why, what is it about tight ends that are just so impossible to guard? They've gotten more athletic over the past five, ten years. Seems like it. They've gotten a lot more athletic. They're still good at blocking. (laughs) And part of the reason is blocking is a lot easier because players in general are smaller to play this more athletic, fast style of football. So the tight ends don't have to be these monsters to be able to block as effectively. So now they're becoming more athletic and better pass catchers. And now they're more part of the game plan. The unfortunate thing is we have had issues guarding tight ends. Mm -hmm. On defense, that's been one of our kryptonites. I mean, we don't have much of a kryptonite. We're very good against in the passing game. We have a very good pass defense, but it's those tight ends. I just kind of scared ones that can get us. There's something about I and I hate it because like I'm I'm at home watching these games and I'm just like, how hard can it be? Just like double team them. Then I I don't know. Like I I guess I don't know my defensive scheming enough to. How is this slow white dude? Let's let's, like massively open with nobody within ten yards. That's the thing. They're always open. open? They're always wide open. Like I don't just have a guy on them. Like I I I. I don't get it, dude. Hey, our tight ends look pretty good, too. They're young, but I really like our tight ends. Amari <clears throat> Nyblack has been great this year. I don't know if he's like... He's not our leading receiver. I think that's Jermaine Burton, mm-hmm. but he has looked amazing. I'd like to see Bama use some tight ends in this game. I think Bama... Like, I think to, to beat Georgia's defense, you need to have a very a very big playbook. I don't think you can be one-dimensional to beat Georgia on defense. We do have a large playbook. I can guarantee we have a large playbook. We have so many different types of plays. I don't. I guess that's a Tommy Reese thing. Um, we have, coach. That's the thing is we do have a very versatile offense at, at this point because of how much Jalen Milrow has improved over the season. Like we have designed quarterback runs, we have run pass options, we have a lot of deep balls, obviously, a lot of intermediate throws, a lot of different types of intermediate throws. The one thing we don't have is screen passes, but I mean if that's, that's the one thing in our playbook. Dude, I, you like, just know whatever. Georgia blows up every screen pass. Like they read that stuff like a, a children's book. I mean, oh, exactly. More or less, a screen pass here and there is just to keep them on it, so they have honest, to yeah. be ready to blow it up. I actually think um, Bama is going to have to have a good run game. I think I think you need we to are. absolutely just to control the tempo of, of the game. Do you but, mean quarterback run game or running back run game? Well, both, I would say. Um, and and Milrow obviously needs to play his 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 butt off. I mean, he has to have, have the best game of his entire life um, to take down Georgia because that defense. I mean, for what it's worth, I think Georgia's defense, like obviously, you can score on them, but like nothing is free. I would say with Georgia, like every yard is earned. Like they're they're not gonna miss a tackle, right? They're 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 gonna they're right. not gonna leave guys wide open. Like you really need to execute flawlessly to to take them down. And for Auburn, for what it's worth, that's what they did against us. Is they really didn't miss assignments. They made us earn everything, <clears throat> which is really frustrating. Win. <laughs> the win. one mistake they made was that. Very last fourth down call, the fourth dumbest one call. Play that call. was the one bad play call. For I them. can't believe how. Uh, God. Anyways, um, Georgia, Alabama. Who do you think wins? Dude, I am not. 
I am not. I I can't. I'm not allowed to say. Pick. I'll say. I'll I'm say not this. Allowed to give it a prediction. I think Georgia wins. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, oh, and maybe it's a reverse jinx. I for really you. like our chances. All I'm gonna say is I really like our chances. Okay. I think I think Georgia just keeps the train. Dude, Georgia is. I can't believe I'm saying this, but they look they look really good. They look really good. So they looked really good in 2021 too. Hmm. Curious. All right, let's Curious. move on to a team that doesn't look very good. Well, at least one of them. Um. Iowa, God dang them, versus Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. Do you think there's like any no, way? There's no chance. Okay, all right. Maybe the first quarter. I, I I could see the first quarter being kind of goofy. You know what I mean? Like just here's the thing about Iowa that I've noticed, and it bothers me to watch them <laughs> okay. because it's like every time they run any type of play, it's so scripted to the point that it's not that they're scripted plays. It's that they run them out as they're a script, as yes. if they're a script. Right. Like, so for example, they'll catch the ball and they'll start <laughs> running forward. But if there's a defender in their way, they do not juke. They don't try to fight for extra yards. It's like they play two hand touch and just go down whenever a defender touches them. Oh my it's God. like they don't realize they're supposed to make athletic moves and try to they're get it. So yards. unathletic. They're so And they, they shy away from contact. I've noticed this. Yeah. And it's so boring and scripted and there's no fluffs or anything, no ripples in the playbook. And it's like that's not gonna work. It wouldn't bother me so much if they didn't bloviate this whole like I'm a, we're tough farmer boys. I know, I know. It's like you're not even a tough team. They're not they're you not go they're, down as soon as you yeah. get, get hit. They're not like a tough Never like <clears throat> they're not like a big, you know, oh we have a huge O line and we're playing physical, tough, boom, you know, power football. It's not even that. It's like they just they like, they try to throw the ball like they honestly do, but it's always incomplete. Or like they're throwing like a screen yeah. pass, you know it's like it's just sad to watch, dude. Exactly. In Michigan, as much as I hate to say this, they're at least a tough team. I can give them that. Very tough. They look, they, they're going to, the thing is, Iowa's kind of gotten by, I think, this season on defense, being tough, being physical. I mean, by Big Ten West standards, right? But like, we saw Iowa versus Penn State earlier this year. They got destroyed the moment they played, you know, guys with talent and a decent roster of of four-star guys. I think versus Michigan, um, again, the first quarter might be kind of goofy, but like, Michigan, Michigan has proven they can like really put away teams in the fourth quarter, and I, I suspect that they'll they'll be rotting up the score here by the end of it. Yeah, I, I agree. Unfortunately, um, at the same time as this game, which I will probably watch a little bit more closely, yeah, more interestingly, have, <laughs> more interestingly, we have Louisville versus Florida State. Um, how do you feel about this one? Because I, I I think a week ago I'd have, I would have told you. Louisville probably pulls off the upset, but like, dude, Louisville, I, I watched the Kentucky game. They look pretty bad. They look pretty sad and lost out there, not going to lie. Uh, yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. I know I mean, you need Louisville to win, but I know you need Florida State to lose. But like, Louisville, they did outgain Kentucky by 130 yards. They had seven more first downs. They did have some turnovers. They had. 13 more minutes time of possession. I really don't know how they lost this game, actually. It's SEC, at it. dude. SEC. Um, SEC. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Florida State is, like, everyone's talking about Jordan Travis, obviously. Like, I, I get it. Like, he was one of the best players in the country before the, the injury. But, like, I really don't think Florida State's defense is getting enough credit. Um, just in general. I, I, I think that they've got a good enough defense to really shut down Louisville. And, I mean... 
even though their offense might be suffering without their starting quarterback, like they won't need that many points if their defense just continues to play lights out. I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule here, dude. Here's the number of points that Florida State has allowed throughout the season. 24, 13, 29, 24, 17, 3, 20, 16, 7, 20, 13, 15. If, if Florida State can score 21 points, they win the game. Like, that's not a huge order. That's not a huge ask uh, to beat Louisville. So uh, I hate to agree with you. I will give Louisville this kind of credit. I could see this being a low-scoring game where they may not even be able to get to 21 points because of the back of quarterback situation. Here's Louisville strength. Louisville strength is their run defense. They actually have a good defensive line. Really? They could shut down their running game, and if that happens, they're going to have to rely on this backup quarterback. Maybe he's had a little bit more time to prepare and kind of get comfortable, but maybe it could be scary. It could scary be. For it could be, but I don't know, man. I, I just think I think Florida State, the thing you have to consider as well, like in terms of motivation, like I, I think Florida State is going to come out swinging. I think, I think Mike Norvell, he's going to get the guys riled up in a good way. Like they're going to be fired up and, and ready to go. Yeah, they will be. They're going to definitely be fired up. They know what's at stake here. I mean, how fired up do you think they really are going to be? Because surely in the back of their head, they know that they have absolutely zero shot in the playoffs. What? Florida State? Yeah. What? They have zero shot. Oh, in, are you saying play- in the playoffs? Yes, that's, that's, I'm saying I, in the playoffs. I'm going to disagree for one reason, and one reason only. Okay. Yeah, I, I acknowledge they're not going to beat Georgia. I don't think anyone's saying they're going to beat Georgia, but... Florida State versus Michigan. Could you see that? Okay, I, I see what you're getting. Florida at. State versus Texas or okay, Washington. Okay, okay. What Florida okay, State I, needs I is a big upset to happen in the semifinals. They need to not play Georgia and hope that some other team takes down Georgia and then they have a shot in the natty. Like, I, I, I get that it's a slim margin, but, like, you've come this far, man. Like, you're not just going to give up now. Like, I, I, I don't think that's going to be the mindset at all. For Florida State. I think this is to come out, play as hard as they can, try to win by as much as they can, and just let fate decide what happens, you know? Okay, fair enough. I think that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Florida State wins this one comfortably. Not by a ton, but I, I think they should win this one convincingly enough. Fair enough. Um, All right. Are we ready to go to our personal Final Four predictions? You know, what's funny is entering this um, segment, I had a totally different Final Four um, because you've now convinced me on a certain team. Um, so I'm actually going to real quick just uh, change this real quick. And I now present to you my new Final Four <laughs> that I've typed up. I'll just go from one to four, Randy, and then we can discuss yours after. How's that sound? Sounds good. I'm going number one, Georgia. I think they beat Bama. Not by a lot, but I think they beat them. I'm sorry, Randy, but go dogs. Um I got number two, Michigan. Again, they're going to destroy Iowa. And, I mean, it is it is what it is. I, I hate them, but they're number two. Number three, I think Florida State, like I was saying, I, I do think they beat Louisville by enough. And I think the committee so far has shown that they really do value an undefeated team. So I think they'll get in the, at the third spot. Number four is very spicy here, and this is what I had to change my opinion on. I think if Oregon beats Washington – they would get in over Texas in this scenario, um, barring a Texas blowout against Oklahoma State. Just because I, I think Oregon beating Washington 
uh, is is a better win. Like it's it's such a I, I know recency biases and everything, but like it's such a big win to beat an undefeated team like that. Um, that I, I think they'd have to let Oregon into the playoff in this scenario. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my final four is number one, the only undefeated left, Michigan. Wow, a lot of chaos. Have... A lot of chaos happening here, Andy. Yeah. Uh, number two, Oregon. Again, that win over Washington is okay. just going to elevate them to number two. And they have a very good resume. They do. So, they do. you know. Number three, Alabama. Oh, my. Number four, Texas. Over Texas. Wow, we. The head to head. Not that it really I matters, think that, Well, but... here's the thing is that if we both get in, they don't have to worry about some kind of controversy, yada, yada, yada. They, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll put us over Texas in that situation, I is, think. Is Especially he... because our win over Georgia is going to look better than a win over Oklahoma State. I get that. A recency kind of stuff, yeah. Um, is this scenario assuming that Florida State loses? Yes. Do you think? Okay. I just want to make sure. Like, you're not, you don't think this is going to happen to Florida State wins? Uh, if Florida State wins... <clears throat> It's got to change. Here, I'm going to be honest with you. I think if Florida State wins, I think they would want to put in Alabama. Like they they want to put us in, wow. not because they're biased. You have to remember that Michigan AD is on the freaking committee. Is he? Um, That's, yeah, dude, it's rigged. It's rigged. <laughs> it's I'm joke. just saying it's extremely difficult to leave out a one loss SEC champion that just beat the two time defending uh-huh. national champions uh-huh. on a 27 game winning streak. But, you cannot leave that team out. I think if anything, they would put us at number three. And then Texas, or if Florida State wins, they put Florida State at number four. So they could be like, well, Alabama's win was just but that Texas impressive. Has the you know, they're number three. They're not even number four. It's not like they were the last team in. I feel I, – I, That's I, a way to avoid controversy. I just I, – I think, like, honestly, like, all biases aside, you know how much you hate the SEC. I know how much you want to get into this. Like, all biases aside, I feel like the committee is leaning towards that Texas head-to-head win – Meaning something only because right now, as of recording, they've got Texas at seven and Alabama at eight. I, 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 t- I, you have to admit, it seems like the committee is going to factor that in in this scenario. Maybe, but you've seen them do some like last week changes. Like they will from week to week just completely change everything. Like, I know that we're used to the AP poll where there's precedent set, this mm-hmm. and that. There but is. it's really just not the same with the CFP committee. They will shuffle up the rankings. You know, I was thinking about this. It One thing that really has always sucked about the playoff is just how not transparent anything is. Like in contrast yeah. with, with the AP poll, we know every single voter's individual rankings. Right. Exactly. And they'll and a lot of these voters, like they're on Twitter and stuff, like they're not afraid to like tweet out why they think a certain team should be ranked above another. Right. And, and it's just like with with the playoff committee, it's always been this black box that like we have no idea what their criteria is or their logic, and it changes from year to year. It makes no sense. No, I one hundred percent agree with you. It, it it is weird. I wish we would have a clearer picture of what their criteria is. Mm-hmm. It's just at a certain point it's stupid, man, because we're we're sitting here talking about which team that really should be in and would have a really good shot at the playoff is gonna be left out. Well, twelve teams should solve this. Like I, I realize there's still be teams left out in the twelve team scenario, but like we're never there's never gonna be a team undefeated like... team on the outside looking in, right? There's not Yeah. Gonna be, um or like a conference champion on the outside looking in. Like that, that there's always gonna be a chance, right? For, for Nobody's going to cry about a, a number 13 team having right, to be wrecked right. out. It's like, well, you had plenty of chances. You exactly. Know, you probably weren't going to let it anyway. Exactly. I mean, it, that'd be like Louisville being left out this year. It's like, well, 
shouldn't have lost to Kentucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like exactly, your two um, losses. You know, I'm not gonna feel too bad for you. Yeah. So the the 12 team playoff can't come soon enough. Um, I'm sure we'll be complaining about something about it in the future, um, <laughs> as as football fans always do. But um, until then, I think this is uh, this pretty much wraps it up uh, as far as our predictions go. Um, any other topics, Randy, you want to talk about before we uh, conclude this episode of the Jim I Podcast? That's- I believe that's all we have. I'm looking forward to a great conference championship week. Um, as always, it's gonna be fun. I'm really looking forward to just like laying on the couch all day watching football. I know you'll be nervous. I mean, I'm gonna be extremely nervous. I don't get to just lay on the couch. I have to like. <laughs> whew, you gotta, you it's gotta be. It's gotta oh, manifest goodness. a win or something. I don't know. That's, that sounds yeah. stressful. Hey, the crazy thing is, like, if we lose to Georgia, like, <laughs> I'm just not even gonna watch the Louisville Florida State game because it's not gonna matter. Well, Actually, yeah. I probably will watch it, but not with nearly the same. You'll be too team. depressed to watch football. That's that's the more realistic thing. That, I mean, honestly, Jimbo, I know you understand. I mean, <laughs> I hate to put it like that. I know you understand that whenever your team loses like that, you don't even want to watch football. Yes, the rest of course of the day. You don't I know. Everyone of does, dude. You kidding me? Like when Wisconsin loses, I'm I'm mad for the whole weekend. <laughs> like, come on, you know. Like, I get that. I I understand. I understand. I mean. When we lost to Ohio State in 2017 in the Big Ten Championship and, you know, we're on the outside looking in on the playoffs, that was one of the most sad moments I've been in football of my life. So I completely understand the feeling. Yeah. But I hope everyone has a good weekend. I hope everyone enjoys um, football. hope your teams win. I know it's not possible everyone's team wins, but uh, regardless, it should be a good weekend. And until then, folks, as freaking always... World time. Oh, no